Hi, my name's Eric Fisher, and this podcast is brought to you in part by me and other listeners like me. My budget's pretty tight from month to month, but my monthly donation of $3, combined with other listeners like me, make this whole thing possible. Making a donation is simple. I simply go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com and click on the PayPal Donate button at the bottom of the menu. I don't even need to have a PayPal account to do it. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode number 14 of Generally Speaking About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this is a podcast production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at generallyspeakingpodcast.com and I encourage uh, any of your feedback and comments regarding any of the Generally Speaking About the Church podcast episodes. Uh, you can call us on our listener line at area code 859-795-1959. It's a brand new listener line number for us, and uh, it probably takes about four or five rings before you actually get to the voicemail. So that's area code 859-795-1959. And you can also email me at podcast at ravenscraft.org. That's podcast at ravenscraft.org. Hey, I want to introduce you to a brand new series that I'm about to start, uh, with this being the first actual episode of this new series. And I will tell you that I'm a little nervous. Uh, and uh, when I tell you the title of the podcast t- uh, series that I'm starting today, uh, you'll probably understand why I'm nervous. However, uh, I, f- I feel a calling by God to to really reach out and, and do what I'm about to do. And I'll explain all this hopefully here um, in a succinct way that makes a little bit of um, sense. And as far as future podcast episodes of this series, I am going to be begging people to come back and at least listen to part one of, of this series so that they'll at least get this basic contextual understanding of where I'm coming from and why on earth I would be doing a title a podcast series titled Why I Hate the Church. Yes, this podcast series is being titled Why I Hate the Church. And uh, well, the best thing I can think of doing is is I put some quick thoughts together in a blog, and perhaps you're actually listening to this as a result of that. And I apologize if you've already read this blog entry in its entirety, because I'm going to read it to you now. For those of you who haven't, uh, this is a post I put out on Ravenscraft.org, and uh, it's from November 13th, 2006, which is the day today that I'm reading this. And I'm going to read it, and perhaps I might elaborate a little bit more on what was written. I'm not sure, but <coughs> excuse me. What I plan on doing is uh, uh, sharing with you why I'm doing this series and what this series is going to look like moving forward, as far as what I understand it to be looking like so far and what it, the plans are. But anyway, here, rather than ramble on, let me read to you what I wrote today in my blog. The title is "Is It Okay When a Christian Hates Church?" And uh, I'm gonna play some, uh, <coughs> gonna play some games with uh, capital letters and lowercase letters. And so 
Uh, is it okay when a Christian with a capital C hates church with a lowercase c? Um, and that's the title of the blog entry. Here's what I wrote. It is obvious that I chose a title for this post that will at least spark enough curiosity in you so that you will pause for a moment to read what I have to announce here in this blog. Would it be shocking to some of you to know that I sometimes hate church with a lowercase c? Uh, would it be shocking for you to learn that sometimes I simply don't even want to go to church? Lowercase c. And, well, at times, I don't. Uh, those are hard things for me to say because when I think of the word church, lowercase c, um, I, matter of fact, let's just say every time I say church from this point forward, it's going to be with lowercase c as in not a proper noun. Uh, and the only time I will um, make a difference is when I'm actually talking about the church with a capital C. And that way it'll be a little easier for flow here. Anyway, I am focused, let's see here, I am forced to reckon with the fact that there are two meanings for the word that is spelled church, C-H-U-R-C-H. For me personally, the word church with a capital C is the body of Christ. Um, the church with a capital C is a group of people who have accepted the gift of salvation provided by Jesus Christ on the cross in payment of our sins. It is that group of people who have repented of their sin and have decided to follow the teachings and examples of Christ. To me, that is what the church with a capital C is. So, with this definition, I would say that I rather love the church. However, uh, with the capital C. However, there is another definition for the word. The church, and again, lowercase c, is the in institution that we have come to know so well. The church is a religion based upon tradition and filled with rules of do's and do nots. In some places, the church is old and dusty and dead and where there's only 15 members that show up every single week, uh, several times a week sometimes, at a service done by the pastor who's in charge of everything and does everything. And it's simply that way because, well, it's the way it's always been done. In some places, church, lowercase c, is a place where thousands of people attend weekly to hear a decent feel-good or how-to sermon that really pumps up and motivates you to, to just really feel good about being a Christian. Uh, there, are, there are some of, that are like country clubs. Uh, some churches are like country clubs that people join just because of it. it's the place with the nicest facilities in town. It's got the newest equipment uh, accessible to its members and, and programs of sports and exercise and entertainment and all the other things. The biggest problem I have with the church, lowercase c, are the ones that seemingly want to create a cookie-cutter following of Christians, called Christians. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I say in my blog, you know the Christians I'm talking about, the ones that brainwash people into believing things like, God wants you to attend worship every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Tuesday night, and all, uh, and Wednesday night, and all, don't forget the prayer meetings on Tuesday night, and all, by the way, you probably want to come to the potluck dinners and the ice cream socials that we do, because it's important that we all gather together as this church, and that we continually encourage one another to all believe the same thing and look and dress the same way. Oh, by the way, good Christians, they never drink alcohol. It, it's out of the question. 
And, oh, and of course, good Christians don't go and see movies. Uh, They don't listen to non-Christian or secular music. And they certainly don't go to wild parties uh, that co-workers throw uh, where people do these things. That's out of the question. That's that's putting yourself in the face of temptation. and, And you should stay protected away from those things. Oh, man, I could go on and on, but you get the idea. I mean, heck, I know some churches that teach all that they teach their members to understand that all homosexuals are simply just going to go to hell. Oh man, it it, it makes me sick sometimes what some of the institutionalized church has done with the message of Jesus Christ. Um, let's see here. As I'm typing this, I realize that it is difficult to explain in written words all the context of church experience I've had over the years of my life that has brought me to this place where I am today. In fact, I've decided not to spend too much time with these words, and instead I decided to start a new series in my Generally Speaking About the Church podcast about what this topic is that's on my heart. I'm going to title this series, Why I Hate Church. Uh, And I don't know if I said it's hate the church or hate church. I don't know. I guess I'll decide once I post this first episode. Anyway, in this podcast, I will begin describing more fully what I mean by the phrase hate the church and how I got to this place. I will also explain why I no longer choose to introduce myself as a Christian to those who don't understand what the true meaning of being a disciple of Christ really is all about. And uh, just a... I'll, I'll break from reading this for just a second, just to say, explain to you. When I first started podcasting, we started out with a lost podcast. And I recall uh, doing this as a result of reading a book called Two Pagan and Two Christian, Two Pagan, Two Christian by Dick Staub. And, <clears throat> and in, that book really encouraged me to get outside of the church walls and get knee deep into culture and reach people on a, on a, on a level that where, where I come down and, and mix and mingle with them, and then love them, and invest in their lives on their terms, and it's drastically changed my life. But I do, I do remember the very first few episodes uh, pointing out the fact that I was a minister and that I'm a Christian, and that you should listen to my lost podcast because I won't put that all in your push all that stuff in your face, but I will be able to give you a unique perspective on loss not found anywhere else. Uh, <coughs> looking back, I kind of wish I never would have said those words. Uh, and, and when I say never would have said those words, I, I wish I never would have introduced, introduced myself as a minister. And I wish I would have never really introduced myself as a Christian. Uh, and it's not that I'm ashamed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, some people may find it um, interesting to learn that since I've been podcasting, I've actually resigned from any official position I had within the church. I used to be on uh, the leadership team, was, which was kind of like uh, the the eldership kind of uh, position within um, the cell church uh, ministry in our own local church. And I, I withdrew my, my um, re- I, I put in a resignation there so that I could focus on more of what God's calling me to do personally in ministry, and that is to uh, believe it or not, to do these podcasts. And so, I now, that wasn't why I resigned. In fact, I resigned because I was just getting burned out, and I didn't realize it, but I, it's all coming clear to me now that God has been leading me down a path, and, and I'm slowly understanding what that path is. 
at the same time, I used to uh, be the cell coach for several cell groups and uh, used to be kind of like a shepherd or pastor for those individuals. And I found myself kind of being a middleman in between the higher-ups that had the decision-making authority and, and, and the people who wanted to do things on behalf of the kingdom of God, and and we had to get certain things approved, and and it, it really there was really no major bureaucracy in the ministry that I'm in, but it was it was still there was enough there that was keeping me from focusing uh, the time and attention that I needed on uh, my family <coughs> and living out the faith that I so much encourage other people to live out. Uh, I was having problems doing that on my own, and so I felt I needed to step down. I was burned out. I was overstressed. Uh, I was stretched beyond where I needed to be, and I really felt like I need to take a break from this, and that's why I resigned. But now, I see clearly that that, that was just a step in this direction. And uh, so going back to this understanding of why, why would Cliff say he wished he never uh, introduced himself as a Christian? Well, the reason for that is because I have, in my mind, when I say I'm a Christian, I have a completely clear picture in my in my mind of what I mean by that. However, that definition changes uh, based upon everybody else's prior ex, uh, experience with Christians in their past, or people who have said that they were Christians in their past. And sometimes a, a good majority of Christians can be hypocrites, uh, living one way during a Sunday or during the times when they're into the church building. And li- <coughs> excuse me, and leaving living a completely different way outside of the church building, uh, in their day to day life, uh, it can be people who um, can be mean and nasty and tell you that if you don't change and become more like me and the stuff that I believe the Bible says, uh, then then you know you're pretty much going to go to hell unless you uh, say a certain prayer a certain way and unless you get dunked all the way instead of getting sprinkled unless you. Um, all these different things, um, all the do's and all the do nots, and you have to give up this, you have to stop doing this. Now, I, I believe there are things that the Bible is quite clear on, but uh, what, <coughs> what I question is, is where on earth do we Christians think that we come off with, with the responsibility of judging people's sins? Um, you know, and, and it's my understanding that through the, the word of God, that God is the judge, and and that his word stands as truth, and we should we should be willing to share the truth, and we should be able to confront people that we love and that we care for uh, when we see sin in their lives that could destroy them or hurt them or the people that are around them. But it but there is never an exemption of doing that with gentleness and respect and without a pure motive of your own. For example, if you can't, I believe that if you can't go to your brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, I see that you're struggling in this area and I really want to encourage you and, and, and this is where, you know, perhaps maybe we need to sit down and pray about this. Is, are things okay? And if they're unrepentant, there's some things about how to deal with that, but it's always out of love, motiv- motivated out of your relationship with them. And too many times Christians have had real issues with other Christians and it becomes bitter arguments and rage and anger and bitterness and Oh man, just gossip ensues, and 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 it becomes, <coughs> excuse me, it becomes a horrible example of what the church is, and and that's not biblical in any way, shape, form whatsoever. And as far as people who are non-Christians, 
the Bible clearly says that we are not to judge the world. Absolutely. For even God did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. So I, I can see judging my fellow Christian or believer in Christ. <coughs> However, I can never judge them on the basis of, of a wrong motive or out of anything other than genuine love and a desire to see what's perfect and good for them. And, and if it ever means that I have to do that in a mean and nasty way, then, then, then it's not motivated in the right way. Now, do I believe in tough love? Absolutely. But I should never... I should never confront another believer in Christ any different than I would confront my son or my daughter for things that they do that if if the their ways don't change, it could really uh, make a, a a horrible impact for the negative uh, in their in their own interest in the future. so so I, <clears throat> I, if, if I can't give a fellow Christian the decency and respect that I'd uh, honor my own children with then then, by all means, I should withhold any judgment or any correction, and, and that's just my personal feeling on that. So, uh, anyway, in this podcast, so, oh, by the way, g- getting back to why did I just share all that? <clears throat> the problem is, is so many people have been shunned, have been told that they're going to hell by other Christians, that have been told that if you don't do this, this, or this, you're gonna, you can't, you can't come to our church anymore. If you don't dress a certain way, if you don't tithe, if you don't do this, then God's angry with you. That's all baloney. And and too many people out there, when they hear when they hear somebody like Cliff say, hey, I'm a Christian, come listen to my podcast, they think, oh my gosh, not another one of those Christians. And see, that I, I don't want to put myself in the box of being a Christian when I don't know what your definition of a Christian is. And so I'm, I'm shedding myself. I'm, sh- I'm taking that label off of me. I'm taking the label of minister off of me. So going this point forward, I, <coughs> I am no longer a minister. I'm no, gonna, no longer going to introduce myself as a minister uh, of God, or I am no longer going to uh, announce myself as a Christian. Now, I probably will out of habit. But I'm I'm making a conscious effort from this point forward, going forward, saying to to not say not to, not to introduce myself as a Christian or a minister anymore. In fact, I am still very much going to be a minister in my understanding of what a minister is, and I'm very much going to continue to be a Christian in what my understanding of a Christian is. But I'm never going to assume that you have the same understanding of what those two words mean. Than I, that I do, and therefore I will not confuse you by putting that label on myself and having you not get to know the real me and giving you a chance to see what God really is like inside of my life. And I will be honest with you, sometimes what God looks like in my life is not pretty, but that's not something for me to be afraid of. In fact, if anything, it shows you God's awesome hope that he has when he can love an imperfect person like me who messes up and says stupid things sometimes, who can be the most cold-hearted, mean and nasty person, who can be selfish 
and be a horrible father from time to time uh, and to completely screw things up as a husband. The fact that I am those that person both inside the church walls and outside the church walls, both here in front of this microphone and when I'm not in front of this microphone, I am who I am. And sometimes that's not pretty, but that should not cause you to stumble or fall. It should cause you to understand that Cliff is a normal guy just like you and that God loves me. And that should give you hope that if God loves Cliff, he can love anybody. So that's the way. So anyway, that's a tangent, but not really a tangent. That's very much what I came here to talk about. So in this podcast, I'm back to the blog here. In this podcast series, I will share some very uncomfortable thoughts that are real in my thoughts and that I have shared only with the closest people around me. There may be some people who will think that this that it is quite a sinful that, that it is quite sinful to question the authority of the church and I'm actually going to that is actually lowercase c there in the way that I might do. So however I will tell you this that my desire is not to stir up controversy. Uh that that is not my desire. I'll just stop here. I am not doing this podcast series. I did not title this the way that it is to start a revolution myself. I I am simply giving you my honest, real questions that I have. I mean, these are serious questions that I've had been going through my head that I have suppressed because I just thought it was too too much. I, I, I thought it was disrespectful to ask such questions. But the more I go forward, I cannot get past these questions. The people that are not following Christ, the people who have not accepted his gift, the people who have not accepted the the message that I have get, that I have given through my own life. Those people sometimes have not accepted that this great gift that God has of a relationship with him and eternity uh, uh with him. They have not accepted it because of the bad testimony and the bad practices of many of the churches that have been doing things the way they do without even know why, knowing why they first started doing them, but they do them anyway, and they have <coughs> they have taught a lot of bad principles and a lot of da- bad teachings over many thousands of years, and it has caused a great divide between the Christians, or I'm sorry, between those who follow Christ and are called according to His Spirit to be His true disciples. It has caused a great divide between those people and the culture, the world around us, in such a way that people are hiding behind the church walls. And I have been doing that, and I am done with it. However, I want to tell you my desire is not to stir up controversy, back to the blog, but simply to start some open dialogue about what it will take for somebody like me to become the type of Christ follower that I read, that I read about in the Word of God. You know, when I read the New Testament, there are some things in there. It's like, man, those are men of faith. Those are people who really loved God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I examine my own life, and I find myself not anywhere near that. Uh, one of the greatest questions I had is is a question that of the faith of Abraham. And, and there's just absolutely no way could I ever consider if God was to ask me to take this life of my own son, would I ever do that? And I don't think God would ever ask me to do that, and I don't think there's any recorded case where God has ever asked anybody else to ever do that. (coughs) And I'll be honest with you, I still don't understand why 
And why he asked Abraham to do that, I understand the implications that it's a foreshadowing of the future when God would actually give his own son. I understand all that, but it's just... It's a story in the Bible that I just still have a hard time grasping and understanding why it's there. Um, so, but that's for another podcast. However, there is, let's see here, there is this one book that I plan to start reading for this series. In fact, I want to encourage you to go and pick up a copy of this book. It's titled Revolution by George Barna. I have never read this book before, but I am quite familiar with the content of the book. As I have heard Barna interviewed on many uh, different radio stations regarding the subject that he speaks about in this book, and I've heard quite a few very popular quotes now from this book in other messages and in other sermons. And if you have never heard about this book, here's a little information that might pique your curiosity. <coughs> and this is actually from the website for George Barna uh, regarding this book. It's called Revolution by George Barna, and this is from their site. There is a brand. There is a new breed of Christ, of Christ follower in America today. These are people who are more interested in being the church, capital C, than going to church, lowercase C. They are more eager to produce fruit for the kingdom of God than to become comfortable in the Christian subculture. They are focused on the seven spiritual passions that facilitate their growth as genuine people of God and citizens of the kingdom. These people are revolutionaries. In this courageous new book from the best-selling author and renowned researcher George Barna, you will read the results of his studies that have discovered and described a growing national population of more than 20 million adults who are committed to living their faith and making God the t their top priority in their life. Some are doing so through the ministries of the local church, but many are not. The emphasis is upon allowing God to transform them in every aspect of their life. Their, let's see, this groundswell of spiritual passion and intensity is likely to amount to a third grade awakening in the United States but with a very different look, feel, and outcome than previous religious upheavals. In many ways, this new move back to God is designed to return the American church to its roots, its first century roots, as depicted in Acts, Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 or Acts chapter 2. Uh, topics addressed in this book will include, number one, the call to the church, which is with the capital C. Number two, the seven passions of revolutionaries. Number three, the current state of the local church with a lowercase c. Number four, confusion over church with a capital C and church with a lowercase c. Number five, significant cultural trends. Number six, the emerging spiritual landscape. Number seven, evidence of God through the spiritual men movements. Now, I don't know what that means, but I guess when I get to that chapter, I'll understand. Number eight, transformation in today's world. Number nine, alternatives, uh, alternative forms of doing church, in quotation, and church is, locate, is lowercase. Uh, number 10, Jesus the revolutionary. Number 11, the motivations and behaviors of revolutionaries. Number 12, the impact of the revolution. Number 13, characteristics of revolutionaries. 
Number 14, common criticisms uh, criticisms of revolutionaries. And number 15, affirmations of a revolutionary. And finally, number 16, how local churches can respond to the revolution. And this is the final parts of what it says from the Barna site. It says, if you think you are a revolutionary Christian, this book will encourage you. Well, I'm glad because I think that I am one of them from what I understand prejudging this book by what I've heard so far. Uh, if you are interested in the future of the church and the local church, in quotation, uh, this book will inform you. If you are a leader in a local church, which I was until recently, this book will challenge you, which I've already been challenged by this message, and which is why I'm here today. Um, and then it says, if you are searching for your place in the kingdom of God, this book will guide you. Uh, well, actually, I think that's a little boastful. Uh, I believe that God's word really should be the only thing that typically really guides us, uh, and not one that pre uh, writes out all the instructions or interpretations of everything that says. Sometimes it's good to just pick up a Bible that does not have the, all the study notes. I like those study notes, but sometimes it's good to pick up the Bible and let God speak to you and about what it means to your own heart and your own situation rather than somebody telling you what it is. Uh, the revolution is here. The great American church will never be the same. Again, a little boastful, um, but this book obviously... Uh, and I've got it right here, just a little sound effect for you. Anyway, um, so I'm going to describe this book. It's got a black cover. There's a there's a uh, screen capture of it up on my blog where I blogged about this, and it will likely be on the the <coughs> the podcast show notes page as well. It's a black cover. It's got revolutionary. If you flip it over uh, horizontally, and then if it's vertical, it says George Barnett says worn out on church. Finding Vibrant Faith Beyond the Walls of the Sanctuary. It's a very small book um, in that it only has 139, 100 and f- actually 140 pages. Uh, the print is rather medium-sized, if you will. The pages are small, and so it looks like I could probably read one chapter in 15 minutes and, and be done with this book rather quickly if I wanted to. However, I will tell you that a book like this... <laughs> will probably take me a good month to a month and a half because I like to internalize what I'm reading. And I plan on doing that with you here in this podcast. I'm going to come to you in several parts of this message uh, or in this series and tell you what I think about the message of this book, what it is, and how I'm responding to it as I go through it. I don't know where the outcome is going to be. Here's what I finished up in my blog with. Uh, May I just say that I'm very nervous about going through this series in a way, I felt quite comfortable hiding, hiding safely behind the church walls and church with the lower KC, doing ministry, in quotations, in a very safe, in quotations, and predictable, quotations way. Let me read that again. In a way, I felt quite comfortable hiding safely behind the church walls and doing ministry in a very safe and predictable way. However, this type of doing ministry, going through the motions, etc., has left me spiritually dry and burned out. I feel feel called to much more, and I'm tired of hiding. I want to break free from the chains of the church, uh, or the boat, if you will, and I want to get out and walk on the water where Christ is calling me. So, here's what I want. I hope that you'll join me for this journey 
I hope I hope that you'll join me as I share this journey with you. Uh, I don't want have any clue on where this is going to take me, but I am eager to get there. I will tell you, it, I'm I'm more excited about this than I have been about my spiritual faith in a very long time. Uh, so so I I really feel that this is this is something that that the Holy Spirit is really just pulling me towards. And here's how you can join me on this journey. Uh, and I mentioned four different ways, and you can choose any one or more of these of these different ways. First of all, you can keep an eye on the show notes of the Generally Speaking About the Church website, and all you have to do is go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com, and there's a menu on the right that says Show Notes, and click on a, on About the Church, and keep an eye for updates there. However, this is a podcast, and I don't know if you understand what a podcast is or not. Uh, some of you do and are already subscribed, but if you don't, uh, a podcast means that every time I upload a new episode of this podcast, uh, if you if you use a program like iTunes or some other kind of uh, uh, podcast catcher, what happens is you leave that running on your computer, it automatically sets up to check for podcast new episodes on a consistent basis, and as soon as I upload the next episode of this podcast, it will automatically download it so you don't have to go to the website every couple of days to check to see if something new is there. And so you can subscribe uh, to either our feed or you can subscribe in iTunes uh, using some links that are found at generallyspeakingpodcast.com and there's a big button that says how to subscribe with iTunes. It'll also give you the link to the direct feed as well. Uh, and then the other thing that you could do, and I really want to encourage this, I have never read this book. Uh, I've only heard about it. I've heard Barna himself interviewed about it. I've heard some pretty harsh reviews of this against this. Uh, I'm not afraid of it, though. I, I, I'm nervous, but I'm not afraid of it. And I want to encourage you to go to your local bookstore, Christian or secular or whatever. Uh, and, in fact, I, I'll, I'll even encourage you to go to the secular bookstore to go buy it. And the reason why is because I'd like to see the, the people, show people that, that we're, we're able to interact in the world and we're not afraid of helping all people earn a living. And so... Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, go and get yourself a copy of this. You can find it on Amazon. Type in Revolution or type in George Barna. You'll be able to find it real quick. I think if you look up, do a quote or do a Google search on George Barna, it'll pull up his Barna website. And I think they have it for 12 bucks there. <clears throat> Probably some shipping and handling. It was uh, $17.99 at the Family Christian Store. Here, yes, I know, I, I didn't go to the secular store, but um, we were already there getting some Christmas gifts, so I, I just picked it up. I, I, I've i been feeling God calling me to do this kind of uh, investigation, and, and I want to share this journey with you, and so I encourage you to, to purchase this book and read along with me and uh, interact with me by leaving messages at 859-795-1959 or emailing me at uh, podcast at ravenscraft.org. I am going to ask those of you who are already subscribed to our Generally Speaking Lost Forum, please do not post regarding uh, this uh, series of podcasts in that public forum. Uh, that public forum is not for theology uh, debate, and it's not for political debate. I want everybody to feel comfortable without being harassed by any kind of agenda there. So, so there is a very that is a very public place where I am encouraging people to come and participate, regardless of their own 
uh, religious belief or political views and whatever country they're from and their cultures. I just want people to come there and share their common interests. And if you want to have conversation regarding this, I encourage you to do it either in public forum or I'm sorry, in private forums where not everybody else has the opportunity to see that or to call me and leave me messages about what you think, um, questions you have about me and me going through this journey where I've come from. If you have some questions about that, I'll try to answer those. Uh, the best way to do it is to leave a message on our, generally speaking, listener line at 859-795-1959. Uh, and then, of course, the last thing I want to ask you to do before we officially kick this thing off, I want to ask you to pray for me, and I want to ask you to pray for my family daily. Would you be willing to do that? Now, there are some of you who are not Christians. Okay, and, and, and by Christians, I'm talking about, I don't know what I'm talking about. Because, anyway, there are some of you who, have, who, who don't even consider yourself to be one that has a relationship with God on a personal level. And that's okay. But can I ask you to pray for me anyway? If you have a different God than me, perhaps pray for me. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, if you, if you believe there might be a God up there, and whoever that God might possibly be, would you pray for me? Because I want to tell you my own personal feelings here, okay? I do believe in God. I believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. And I believe in the Holy Spirit as my comforter and my counselor who, who lives within me, who guides me and, and helps me on a day-by-day basis to give me strength to do things that I cannot do on my own and to console me and, and encourage me when I when I <coughs> mess up quite frequently. Um, however, I will tell you that I also believe that there is a great enemy called Satan, the devil, and that he, not just he alone, can be everywhere all the time uh, trying to mess up every believer all over the world because he is not like God everywhere or omnipresent. He is, he's, he's located in one person, one spiritual being, but he has a whole host of demons. One-third of the angels decided to follow Satan when he was kicked out of, of heaven and and uh, those demons are now uh, following his commands. And, and, and I will tell you that when somebody like myself or other individuals who are out there with the potential of creating a massive movement among people to really examine their own personal lives and their own personal faith and their own walk with God and, and possibly get out of just doing the routine going to church Sunday morning, staring at the back of somebody's head, singing a couple songs, but yet still living your frustrated, unchanged life day by day outside of the church walls. Uh, if, if this podcast could possibly encourage you to have something more of a relationship with God beyond that, then Satan's not going to be happy with this. And, and, and the demons will certainly try to work against myself and my family uh, and and that's where he will attack, and, and including my health, and the health of my family. So I want to ask for your prayers and protection. Uh, I also want to pray, ask you to pray for wisdom and discernment. Uh, I have a very large tendency to, to um, go to one extreme or the other, and I do not want to go to this extreme where I'm just, I just hate the church and I think there's no hope for it. Although the title of this is Why I Hate the Church, it's going to just be just letting out what it is that, that's been frustrating for me in the church and, and where the church, I think, has failed me and has failed millions of other people. 
I, I really do, don't hate the church for what the church is supposed to be. And, and certainly I understand the church with the lower C. Uh, the organizations, the institutions, they were created by well-meaning people, most of them. And that there is no such thing as a perfect church. And if you ever find a perfect church, I want to encourage you to leave as quickly as possible because you will screw it up. Uh, churches are 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 made up of imperfect people, so they're imperfect organizations. And uh, I think that anything uh, this should when you see the church and you've been turned off by something the church has said or something the church has done or a decision that the church has come to, I want you to not let that be a reflection of who you think God is, because uh, the church did not come here to save you. That that it was God that saved us through His Son Jesus Christ. And the fact is, is that the church are just the people that he has uh, considered to be his family. He's adopted us. The church, consider the church or the people that are in the church, God's adopted children. And sometimes they still go out and steal the car or or uh, they stay out too late past curfew. And they do all kinds of horrible things. But the fact is, is that God still loves his children. And so the worse the church is, I want you to understand how great that shows that God's love is, is that he that he cares enough to, to love us in spite of ourselves and uh and 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 that it should not turn you off on unto him because um he is great he is awesome he is perfect but the church is not and that and that means either the church with the capital c or the church with the little c uh we're not perfect and i'm not perfect and i won't expect you to be perfect either and so uh just ask for wisdom and discernment on my behalf because i may come in here during this series and i may some say some things that are wrong I may share some thoughts of mine that that I think is right, but they they could be wrong. And I want you to just bear with me through this journey, and just pray for wisdom and discernment, protection and good health for myself and my family as we go through these series. Uh, let's see here. So anyway, that's pretty much it. I'm gonna close this out with a little bit of prayer, if you don't mind. Father in heaven, I come before you, and I thank you. Uh, for this podcast. I thank you for laying on my heart this ministry of podcasting. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Jesus, for for living a revolutionary life that, that showed us that uh, clean on the outsides but dirty on the insides, uh, it just isn't going to cut it when it comes to reaching the culture. The Pharisees of the day were more concerned about how to shut you down than to save and bring in and 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 convert the people who were outside of the church walls. Lord, I I I I feel horrible that for the last couple years of ministry, uh there have been ups major ups and downs and I have struggled with just keeping on just to keep on. I've struggled with doing ministry just because I feel like that's what is expected of me to do. And Lord, there have been times when I've done it just out of my own strength and my own power. And, and really with little passion or little desire to reach any more beyond what my comfort zone is. And uh, I've Lord, I confess to you that I've hated people, that I've been bitter, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that I've been lazy, that I've been selfish. And Lord, I will tell you that there have been times that I've just simply just could care less. I've had apathy. And I, I confess those before you, and, and, and I, I don't feel that you have ever lost your love and your acceptance of me and who I am during any of these times. I know that I have grieved you in much the same way that when my children do things that that 
that are against my will and against the things that I've trained them and taught them, and when they utterly disrespect me and they're disobedient, yes, it grieves me. Sometimes it even angers me. And Lord, I'm sure I've even angered you, but at no time has that ever caused me to not love my children and want the best for them at all times. And so, Lord, if I love my children that much, how could I ever dare to think that you love me any less? Your grace is greater than anything else I know. And by grace, for those who are listening to this prayer, it is your unmerited favor, your unmerited love, meaning that it's I do definitely deserve none of the love that you give to me, but yet you give it to me in spite of who I am, the mistakes that I make, no matter how much I grieve you, no matter how much I anger you, you still extend your love and mercy to me. And I thank you for that. I pray for those who will go along this journey with me. I pray for wisdom and discernment for us all. I pray for health and protection from the evil one and his minions of demons out there. Uh, For, Lord God, I know that you are calling us to be a part of maybe some kind of revolution. I don't know if that's too bold or not, but Lord, help us seek your truth, your wisdom, as we go forward and investigate what the church, lowercase church, uh, the organization, the institution has done to our lives and and see if there's anything that we need to relearn or redo in a different way uh, to help us understand the true calling of what it is you're calling us to do. For it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.